0: Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles.
1: Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Uh, Today, I'm doing a a one-on-one show I've I've had guests on all year, and I think I've had some pretty powerful guests, you know, and I will continue to have guests here and there, but I want to make sure that I got, you know, put out some thoughts that I've been having about the New Thought Movement. I'm calling this show basically the strengths of the New Thought Movement. In other words, you know, why New Thought? Why choose new thought? What impact is new thought making in the world? Today I'm naming this show
2: The Strengths of New Thought. And the reason why I'm naming it The Strengths of New Thought is because I believe that new thought has to get out to the world. You know, I think we need to understand why the message of new thought is important. Why new thought churches and centers are important, why, you know, the support of uh, New Thought Ministries are important, why Union you your online radio is important, it does make a difference. So first of all, let me start off with, the, with the, uh, the understanding, my understanding of a few strengths of New Thought. The first one is, I believe the New Thought is progressive. Now, what do i mean by progressive when you start talking about religion most religions are concerned with maintaining whatever was the context where the religion was created what do i mean by the context you know a way a certain person or people saw the teaching that was wrapped up in the psychology worldview, and the culture of the time that it was created. New thought is interested in the discovery of the presence and power of God in each individual. Therefore, the only thing that we're trying to hold on to are universal principles espoused by many religions but focused in a certain kind of way in the new thought teaching to make sure that we're always pushing and releasing the old and and accepting the new, even as we're studying quote unquote universal and timeless principles. So let me be very plain when I say progressive. New thought is progressive in the sense that New Thought in in the United States is one of the very first ministries that acknowledged female Leaders In many of the world religions, especially when New Thought came on the scene in the mid to late 19th century, early 20th century, when it really blew up, there weren't a lot of religious leaders that were female. But New Thought in and of itself is progressive, therefore, because it's progressive, it allows us to be in a space where we can accept that God works through the female just as much as God works through the male. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, the ministry I come from, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, a black female from Mississippi who created the largest church in uh, Chicago at one point and built the first megachurch in Chicago, uh, wouldn't have even gotten the opportunity in many other religious beliefs. So I think it's important for us to acknowledge the progressive strength of new thought you know when it comes to the new thought movement it doesn't make a difference based upon the teaching it doesn't mean that everybody always practices what they're' say what they supposed what they could practice as far as the progressive nature the liberal nature of new thought you know I jokingly tell people Jesus was a liberal, and I mean it I don't think that's um I don't think that's hyperbole if you read. The scriptures and you understand the context in which jesus lived jesus was a true liberal he was a progressive in his time i think it's important for us to challenge religious norms we're not connected to religious traditions in a way that interfere with our own ability to demonstrate the presence and power of god in our own lives new thought is progressive in many ways new thought uh was one of the First religious movements in the United States and around the world that was highly accepting of the LGBTQ community, including in leadership. In many religious circles, not only is that not accepted as far as leaders, but many in many places it's condemned. New Thought says we believe that the presence and power of God is in every person, and it doesn't make a difference uh, if you're male or female, what your race is, what your orientation is. What we care about is the divinity that is within every human being, which gives people an opportunity to express the presence and power of God in a new and mighty way. I think that's important. I think it works, and I think it's it's so important that we have to get that message out around the world. It doesn't make a difference where you were born. Uh, We don't believe in caste systems and important people and little people. Everybody is an individualized expression of God. Every person has divinity within them. Even if they're doing at the time what we would call dastardly things, it doesn't change the truth about who they are. And the people who are doing those things are doing it because of a lack of awareness of who they are in God and who God is in them. It's progressive in the standpoint that new thought in many ways teaches people to be free. Charles Fillmore used to write about how unity did not have this super hardcore fundamental creed. In his later years before he retired as the you know as the leader of Unity at this point, Myrtle Fillmore, the other co founder, was already deceased and he wrote down some things about what we believe. And at the end of it, he wrote, I reserve the right to change my mind because he understood that the fresh revelation of God as spirit, as principle, as divine mind, as source was more important than what was revealed and understood yesterday. It wasn't that what was revealed yesterday is not important in the larger scheme of things. But to the individual soul, it's important that you eat off of today's manna. You can't eat off of yesterday's manna. What we try to do many times, and this happens in the New Thought Movement, is we try to live off of somebody else's revelation or our own from yesterday. But we have to recognize God is prosperity now. God is love now. God is health now. God is joy now. God is peace now. God is power now. God is wisdom now. God is life now. It's great that we had revelations. It's great that other people had revelations. But the progressive nature of new thought challenges us to be present to the presence of God. That's important. Present to the presence of God. Strengths of new thought. What are some of the strengths? I believe that new thought is really intellectual, and I, and I don't mean that as a positive or negative as much as I think it's a strength because I believe that thinking people are attracted to new thought in a way that's different. In other words, let me put it this way. One of my teachers and the former president, who's now deceased of, of the Universal Foundation for Better Living, Reverend Coleman's successor, was a woman named uh, Dr. Mary Tumpkin, the Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin. And she was a big believer in developing an intellectual capacity to go along with your spiritual nature. She didn't believe in the argument that you can be be so intellectual that you disqualified your spiritual nature. Her position was, and how she taught all of the ministers and teachers that came under her, was develop your intellectual capacity, challenge it, grow it, because new thought will make you think in a different kind of way. So new thought is philosophical in many ways. It makes you study the depths of who you are. Therefore, it's intellectual because it's making you work with your mind, with your mind, as the Apostle Paul wrote. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Now, why is that scripture so important? because it's a true intellectual scripture, it's telling you that you have to work with your thoughts, that you have to work with your feelings, that you have to work with your beliefs. The Bible is a book of psychology in many ways. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's the psychological statement why but, you know trust in the Lord in the higher being of your soul in the omnipresent principle of the universe with all your heart the heart is the subconscious feeling nature the deeper mind in other words this isn't surface thought trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding in other words now there's a Contemplation is happening. Then some reflection is happening around what you are studying. You know, when you start working with new thought principles, you'll realize what Charles Fillmore wrote years ago when he said to man is given the highest power in the universe, the conscious power of thought. We emphasize in the New Thought Movement that if you haven't changed your mind, none of this stuff works. And when I say it doesn't work, I don't mean that God isn't working or God still isn't working in you. What I'm saying is the intentional demonstration of truth will not work in the way you want to work it because the intellectual component or the changing of the mind hasn't happened. I tell people all the time the secret to this teaching and every teaching is change your mind and keep it changed. Change your mind and keep it changed. New Thought focuses on studying. At almost every New Thought Center, you can find classes, workshops, seminars. We call our sermons lesson sermons. So, We're not telling people, as Reverend Tumpkin, and the reason why I brought her name up earlier, uh, we're not telling people, as she jokingly say, pull up into the church parking lot, pop your trunk, put your brain in the trunk, and then go into church. So you have people who have high intellectual capacity, but because they've been conditioned to accept church, they'll walk into a room, uh, a place of worship or a class or something where religion is being taught, and totally turn their brains off because that's what religion has taught them to do. So they're highly critical, highly intellectual, highly contemplative in every area of their lives except for religion. New Thought says no. As as a matter of fact, we want you to think deeply about it. We want you to challenge the teaching. We want you to to work with the beliefs, with the ideas, with the thoughts, with the concepts of new thought. Why? Because when you do it, you're dissecting the principles and spiritual laws that are the foundation of the teaching. We want you to use your mind. As a matter of fact, we want you to use your mind so much that we will invite other people who are not necessarily new thought, but work with the mind. Into our space to challenge you. For instance, I, you know, when I first started coming to Christ Universal Temple, one of the people that came a lot was uh, Doctor Rocco Erico, who was an Aramaic Bible scholar, and he would challenge us in our thinking so much with Scripture, b- breaking it down, breaking down the biblical scholarship, breaking down language. Now, Reverend Coleman didn't care if this guy was teaching something that you know people would have to go to years of school to learn. She wanted her people to know. See, I remember one year we had uh, Bishop John Shelby Spong, who was an Episcopalian bishop who has read many books on uh, about the Bible and why is it necessary to free the Bible from fundamentalism. In matter of fact, his first famous book was Rescuing the Bible from Fundamentalism. Now, he wrote this book on the uh, resurrection of Jesus and some other things that were considered would be considered today exceptionally liberal in most Christian circles. A matter of fact, he's either loved or hated in Christian circles. I love the guy. So he showed up at our panorama of truth, and he just started dropping some scholarship bombs on us. I mean, I mean, as and, and some would say, in, you know, it was straight no chaser. You know, like the, the drink without anything to blend with it. You had to take it down, you know, and accept it the way it is. So, you know, I get up and I'm asking all these questions along with other people in the midst of the session. This is 2000. And I bought some of his books. And I remember saying to uh, Reverend Wells at the time, neither one of us were ministers at the time, but we were both in the ministerial. Well, we hadn't even started the ministerial program. Wow, we hadn't even started. Anyway, I was a licensed teacher for UFBL at the time. And I said, hey, I bought this book, Liberating the Gospels, by John Shelby Spong. Will you read it with me so I can have somebody to have a discourse with about it? Because as I'm coming up with ideas or challenges or agreements or disagreements, I want to make sure that I have somebody to bounce my ideas off of. And we did that. We did it for a while. I mean, we talked about that book a good six months because it just kept unfolding itself. Lo and behold, in January, I believe, of 2001, Reverend Coleman decides to bring him in to the church to speak. He did a sermon, and he was good, talking about the Bible and racism, the Bible and prejudice, and how the Bible used the book of Jonah to teach against racism, which was mind-blowing for me. Like, the original intention of the book was to teach against racism in the ancient Hebrew culture. In other words, you know, uh, that God was the God of Gentiles as well. Anyway, she brings him in to teach on that Monday and Tuesday, every minister and teacher in the UFB who wanted to fly there, but everybody in Chicago almost was there. And the man taught several books he taught uh, liberating the gospels he taught why christianity must change and die he taught uh, I, I, I forgot what it was christianity a church or something for the new world or tomorrow or whatever he taught three or four books in two days and answered every question because reverend coleman and reverend tunkin believed in the intellectual capacity of new thought that if we're more equipped if we're more mentally astute, if we have the ability to critically think, it would make us better ministers, better teachers, better practitioners of the teaching. In other words, as Reverend Thompson used to say to me all the time, Galen, what do you think about it? Because I would ask so many questions when I was in her space because I did and I still do just respect her level Of intellect so I would just ask question after question after question and after a while she would say well what do you think and then I would give her my response based upon my research and she loved it because she knew that I was thinking for myself thinking for myself that's what every good new thought minister and teacher wants for everybody not to teach you what to think, but teach you how to think in alignment or according to principle and allow spirit to lead you, not the individual human being. So your own soul be true, and you can only be true to your soul when you have the ability to think in a creative capacity. This is extremely important. I can't emphasize it enough that the ability to think clearly, the ability to investigate why you feel the way you feel, the ability to evaluate your own belief system is one of the highest strengths of new thought and one of the ways in which you achieve radical transformation. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You have to be able to think. So we're coming up on a break. Uh, when I come back, I'll cover a few more of the strength of new thoughts. We'll be right back with Truth transforms.
0: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today.
0: Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Reverend Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life.
3: Examine your life. Whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had, realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine the moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get into our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all.
0: To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Discover the path to wealth with May McCarthy, May 17th to 19th at the Art of Living Retreat Center in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. May will share her seven-step daily practice to achieve goals in every area of your life, including your finances, career, and relationships. A best-selling author, angel investor, and entrepreneur, May has been building highly successful businesses for over 35 years. You can achieve your dreams. Go to artoflivingretreatcenter.org to find out more.
3: If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org.
0: If you're wondering what's holding you back from living your passion, it's probably you. Get out of your own way and join Vincent Jenna every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Stop Stopping Yourself. Vincent uses his gifts as a psychic medium and spiritual teacher, as well as a master's in social work to help people find real answers to what's causing them pain. Listen live and join the show with your questions and comments right here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment, 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555.
2: Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your
1: host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm talking about the strengths of new thought based upon my own opinion, the strengths of New Thought. Before I get into the next few strengths, the first two strengths that I taught were that New Thought is progressive or slash liberal. And I want to take that outside the context of the battle that's happening around the world with political parties. Because I think when people hear those terms, they automatically get to their side, their position. Life is progressive. It doesn't make a difference what you try to hold on to, as far as beliefs, ideologies, religions, concepts, etc. The world will go forward. I don't care how much you try to hold it and make it the way it, it was, even if you feel as though the way it was was better than the way it is now. Everybody will have that same opinion. It's sort of like, you know, I tell my daughter, you know, I don't understand this music that you all are listening to. My mom said the same thing. Her mother, her uh, father said the same thing. And so on and so on and so on. We're religion. Oh, these churches are the way they used to be. We need the old time religion. Really, really. Go back and really evaluate it. You know, people start talking about, you know, you know, what people need to do is, you know, they need to, You know, get disciplined like I did. I got disciplined by my mama. Okay. Were you getting disciplined or were you getting the daylights beat out of you with switches and belts and everything else your mother, your father, grandparents or a guardian can pick up to beat you with consistently? So, you know, I jokingly told uh, people when I was a little younger, when my daughter was first born. I said, look, I took enough whoopings for every McDowell for several generations. So for me, it didn't make sense to pass that energy on. I was like, okay, if it means I have to be a better parent, so I don't have to beat my child and make her act right, then I'll figure out how to be a better parent. And that's what I did. Because life is progressive. It goes forward. And we figure out new ways to do the same thing. People are talking on rotary phones People aren't talking on, oh, excuse me, the people aren't watching big box TVs where you had to get up and turn the TV and the gigantic tubes in them. And when the knob broke, you had to use the pliers to turn the TV and you had to have, you know, big old antennas. And When the antenna broke, you had to put a, uh, you know, a clothes hanger in the, you know, where the antenna was to make the TV work properly. Life is progressive. Again, as I stated before, uh, New Thought is also also intellectual. It challenges how you think, and that's a good thing. It challenges how you think about yourself, about humanity, about God, about religion, about what works, about what doesn't work. It challenges you to, to be a critical, contemplative principle-centered thinker, and it makes a difference. So, before I get into my next couple of points, let me give my quick commercial that I always give. Unity Online Radio is supported by your donation, so as you freely receive, free to give. Go to the Unity Online Radio website, unityonlineradio.org, or the shortcut unity.fm, and Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that sends this message all around the world. They have staff, they have computers and, and, and all type of other technology they have to have to make all of this work. You know, the hosts, as I've stated before on this show many times, are giving from the kindness of their hearts. There is not one host on this show, on this radio show, that is getting paid to do it. We do this because we're a stand for your transformation. Therefore, we are requesting, like any other ministry, that you support it with your donations. So again, as you freely receive, freely give. Also, please keep in mind that your support of the show matters. I have a Facebook page, Re- Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you Write a five star rating. Rating. Give it uh, a positive review on Facebook. Like and share the post so people can know about what we're doing here. This show is also available on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Podcasts. So if you listen to the show via Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, again, Give it a five star rating or however you rate the shows on those podcast uh, apps write a positive review so it can help with the algorithms It helps get the message out to the world share the share these messages if you listen to it on the website, share the messages, put it on your social media email lessons that matter to you. It makes a difference anyway so. To my next point. Strengths of new thought. New thought is practical. We lay our hat on being practical. In other words, everything that you learn in new thought is to be used. It's not theoretical. We're trying to help people shift in consciousness so they can shift their lives for the better to develop their own spirituality, to be able to Change what's happening in their households to be able to transform their communities and their work environments, to be able to produce health and peace and success and prosperity and joy. It's practical. You know, Charles Fillmore once wrote that he didn't expect anybody to believe anything that they couldn't practically demonstrate. As a matter of fact, Unity was originally called Unity School of Practical Christianity. Practical Christianity. So he didn't even use the term new thought. He was using the term practical spirituality, I mean Christianity, because he believed that the teachings of Jesus, metaphysically understood, could practically train, excuse me, change and transform somebody's life. It makes a difference. Practical. It's pragmatic. Jesus' teachings were pragmatic, and they are pragmatic. Ernest Holmes used to say, new thought is open at the top. You know, that's an intellectual statement, meaning there's always more to understand and about God, but he also emphasized the demonstration of universal law. What are you seeking to demonstrate in your life? It's practical. In other words, we're not just studying a thing just to be studying it. We're studying it so we can demonstrate it. We're always demonstrating our level of consciousness. What we understand, we demonstrate it. Emma Fox wrote, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. However, however, we can change what we demonstrate when we understand the practical nature of the teaching. Now, why is this important? There are a lot of people in the world who feel as though they're stuck, stuck because of some of the things I mentioned earlier, race, gender, orientation, the religious context in which they were born. If you're born in an environment that says that, you know, women don't have rights, and they, religious rights, social rights, civil rights. This message is empowering. If you're living in a world where people are telling you that you're not enough because of the color of your skin, this message is radical, because it's saying that that which is yours by right of consciousness, no one can take away from you. That the that the that the universal principles of God must demonstrate themselves everywhere. Or it's not a principle. We're saying in a real way, it doesn't make a difference what your religious setting is, what your uh, 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 context, uh, worldview of the area that you're in. The presence and power of God working in and through you can transform your experience. You could be exceptionally poor. This message can tra- help you transform your life you can be what the world calls extremely ill this message has the capacity when when understood and practiced to heal your body the message doesn't heal your body what the message connects you to heals your body and that's the presence and power of god in you if you bumped into ceilings based up or prejudice or phobias based upon the fear that humanity has around things that are or people or situations or experiences that are different than them. We're saying this message can be a transforming agent to change all of that. In other words, new thoughts and its pragmatic teachings give you the opportunity to choose freedom. That's why I stated in, in Lessons in Truth, the first chapter is Bondage or liberty, which? Bondage or liberty, which? You get to choose. New thought in a real way gets you back to cause. We're definitely a cause and effect teaching. Okay, what is cause? Mind. That's intellectual. But it's also practical. Because it's saying that if I want to... Create change in my life, I have to get back to cause So instead of me wrestling with things that really don't matter In the uh, level of effect, let me get back to my mind Let me get back to my thoughts. Let me get back to my feelings. Let me get back to my beliefs Let me get back to what I'm proclaiming out of my mouth Because the words that go forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void Because You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. The practical nature of new thought allows you, allows me, allows us, allows the world to implement it as soon as it's taught. You know, I can remember for years in ministers meetings where uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman would say to us, when you're preaching and teaching your classes, preaching your sermons and teaching your classes, get to the metaphysical and make sure you give them the practical. Her position was, I don't care how good your sermon was, it wasn't good if it didn't give practical application. She didn't care how theoretically sound it was. She didn't care how many big words you used. She didn't care how many scriptures you quoted. If you didn't give people step-by-step ways to apply what you taught as far as the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman was concerned, you did not do your job as a minister or as a teacher, point blank. Get to the metaphysical and get to the practical application because we taught a real simple way of teaching the New Thought message. Literal, metaphysical, practical. In other words, you give the scriptures, you give the concepts, you give the stories, but now you got to get to the metaphysics. How does that relate to individual consciousness? And then you give them practical application. You know, many times I've, I've given congregations that I'm speaking to, especially New Thought, actual, real homework. I don't even try to hide it like this is your homework for this week or for the next 21 days or for the next month or for the next 40 days, whatever it might be. I give people legit homework. Why? Because Reverend Coleman is impressed in my brain. In such a way so deeply that it's hard to explain that unless you give people the practical application, you have given them nothing. Because we have thought and contemplated as ministers, teachers and practitioners on the ideas, on the concepts, on the principles, on these universal laws. And we give it in a way that allows them to wrestle with something that they haven't wrestled with before. So we prayed about it. We meditated about it. We studied on it. And then we just give it to somebody else without the tools uh, on how to use it. So I can remember back in the day when. When VCRs first came out, this is before DVD players and and now streaming, but a real VHS, a VCR, whether it was VHS or Betamax, those were the two VCRs you could buy when they first came out. And I can remember watching adults try to hook up a VCR to their TVs and they didn't read the manual, the owner's manual, because the owner's manual taught the people how to practically, that's the key word, practically uh, make the VCR work to whatever TV that you had. If you had this type of TV, you need to hook up this, you need to do that or whatever. And this is how you record the shows, and this is how you play the movie. Most people, when they figured it out, the best they could do was put the VH tape in to play something. They couldn't record anything because they couldn't figure out how to make the channels work. Now, why am I using this analogy? The VCR had the ability to record the TV shows. But the person who connected the VCR to the TV didn't read the owner's manual So they didn't know how to practically get everything from the VCR that they could. In other words, the complete capacity, because they didn't understand what they were doing. We have that now with cell phones. I often say to people, most people only are working from about maybe 20 percent or less of the capacity of their cell phone. They know how to talk. They know how to text. They know how to look up stuff on the Internet They know how to go on their social media at various levels. And some people use their navigation, Google Maps or something like that. Now, the phone can do way more. But if you don't know how to practically use the power of the phone, you can can lack having the experience of something that the phone can do Only because you don't know how to use it well new thought teaches people about the presence and power of God that works in them but teaches it in such a practical way that it allows you to demonstrate the presence of God in your everyday lives that matters so just like your phone you got to know what you're doing if you don't know what you're doing you won't get the best results. So my last point about the strengths of new thought is that new thought is mystical. Mystical comes from the word mysticism. And mysticism basically talks about having a direct connection to God. In other words, you don't need anyone to connect you to God. You don't need a a religious leader. You don't need a religious book. You don't need... Anything that says that they are working in a way or capacity to connect you to the divine. New thought is exceptionally mystical. I think that we tell people that you discover God in your own soul. That's different. We're telling people that they can demonstrate the attributes of spirit. The teaching is deeply mystical because we're telling people not to study the outer as much as turn within and allow God to reveal God in you. Then as you study the books, then as you listen to the video, uh, listen and watch the videos or listen to the audio programs or listen to teachers and, and ministers or gurus or whoever, who are teaching whatever name and title they use, then what they are giving you can be revealed at a deeper at a deeper level because you're doing the inner work. It's highly important that you get that new thought is mystical that we are driving home through the practices of the studying of the inner being what it means to be an individualized expression of God. What does it mean to be the image and likeness of God? Scripture gives us opportunities to study mysticism, and we don't recognize it many times when in the, in the, in the Psalm 8, the psalmist wrote, you know, who is man or, who are mortals? You know, he was contemplating, who are we? You know, you know, and he was going into, you know, all of the majesty of what it means to be a created being. And then at the end of it, of this reflection, this contemplation, this meditation, he says, and you've made us a little lower than God's, than God, not God's God. In the Hebrew, it says, you have made us a little lower than Elohim. Many scriptures change the word to say angels, But that's not what the Hebrew says. It says Elohim. Because he was contemplating the mystical nature. In Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a mystical statement. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Jesus in the I Am statements. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. These are deeply mystical statements. Jesus' statement in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, when the Pharisees asked Jesus, when shall the kingdom come? He said, the kingdom of God comes not by observation, You should not say here or over there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Deeply mystical statement in the gospel of Mark, chapter one, verses 14 and 15. When Jesus begins his ministry, he tells people um, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Is present repent and believe in the good news or the gospel repent means change your mind or make an about-face that's what it means metaphorically in Aramaic make an about-face turn to God so how can, I, how can you say the kingdom of God is at hand don't you see this poverty don't you see this crime don't you see the discord don't you see the you know the the dirty politics Don't you see the greed? Don't you see all of these, what we call negative expressions of life? And Jesus is saying, then and now, the kingdom of God is at hand. The fullness of God's presence is here right now. Right now. Right now. Not someday right now and that is so important because as you start to discover your inner nature as you do your prayer work as you do your meditation work as you contemplate on these principles spirit will start to reveal things to you in um the in the writings of the apostle paul he talks about a man being caught up into the third heaven. Now, this is metaphorical talk, so I'm don't get caught up on what I'm saying, the levels of heaven and this, that, and other. We're talking about stages and states of consciousness. Most biblical scholars believe that Paul was referencing himself, that, that he was caught up in spirit and the revelation happened to him. This is what happens when you open up your mystical nature. Charles Fillmore started to do this prayer and meditation. He started to realize that he would have sensations in his body when he would focus on certain ideas. This is how the 12 powers concept came out and how he would talk about in high levels of praise. He would feel the energy at the crown of his head. What we now call the Christ center or the Christ consciousness or in other faith traditions, the universal energy coming down through the body, through the crown of the head. He started to feel energy in areas of his mind, in the back of his heart, in the small of his back, except in the, in the root of his tongue, in the throat, in the pit of his stomach, when he was focusing on ideas. Because the mystical nature of the teaching starts to reveal yourself to yourself, spirit, soul, and body. It's important to realize what you're working with when you start working with a teaching like New Thought. New Thought, in a real way, helps you discover the truth of your entire being. It speaks to the depth of your inner being. It speaks to the depths of spirit, the fruits of spirit. It speaks to the depth of the presence and power of God within you. The fullness of God working in and through your life right here and right now. It speaks to the essence of why you can be healed when the doctors say that the prognosis and diagnosis isn't good. It speaks to the depth of why you can have prosperity and supply when you are born on the wrong side of the tracks, quote unquote, and, not, and maybe have made bad decisions financially. It speaks to the truth of who you are. Know who you are. So these are a few of my ideas about the strengths of new thought. I hope they speak to your soul and give you an opportunity to work it because it works if you work it. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the MindBodySpirit.fm Podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.